It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I am your host, Ron Johnson. In today's show, we're going to have Kendall Shale, former Gopher Hooper, talking a little Gopher Hoops. Of course, though, NBA. He's a part of the NBA Players TV, so he's going to have a lot to talk about when it comes to this NBA playoff season and what's going on, of course, with his boy Chris Paul and what he's doing at the age of 37. We're going to talk a little bit about the Twins, maybe some Wild, and, of course, the Daily Three. Again, I'm your host, Ron Johnson. That's my producer, Sam Ekstrom, on the ones and twos. Sam, when I think about the NBA playoffs and, and Jordan Poole, I mean, he he's a guy. Like, I love the memes I'm seeing with Jordan Poole. Like, when you see Jordan Poole memes, you see the Michael Jordan. I took it personally because uh, he wasn't voted the most improved player. Um, he's getting a ton of publicity. He scores 29. Steph Curry scores 29. I mean, when you look at that stat line of both, guys in the 30s near the 30s Steph Curry coming off the bench to do what he did which means he's working himself back into playoff playing shape because we know he was out but you know after that game Steph Curry truly is showing everybody I'm ready to go but what Jordan Poole is doing for Steph Curry and I think this is important and I'll get into the Timberwolves and how this is going to correlate Jordan Poole is allowing Steph Curry to take his time Jordan Poole is pulling the other Splash Brother along. You look at Clay, Steph, that was always the duo. Now all of a sudden, you throw in a third Splash Brother. You throw in Jordan Poole, who's putting up points. I mean, we saw him do it at Michigan. We know what the kid can do, but he is an absolute menace. I mean, he is just doing things that a lot of people didn't assume he should do, but again, he's telling everybody he's the guy. And so when you think about the Timberwolves and how can they ride a similar wave? Well, I look at Jordan Poole like I look at Beasley. Beasley putting up 23 points. And I'm not saying he has to do that every night. He has to contribute, though. He has to, he has to find his shot. He has to not force it, but the fact that they're going to double cat now. You know, they're trying to figure out this Steven Adams-Cat matchup because Steven Adams doesn't ever really get riled up. He's not a rah-rah-rah center. He's not a Joel Embiid. Like, Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns are, like, gasoline and a match when they go at it it's going to go you look at uh uh Giannis Antetokounmpo I think when him and Carl Anthony Towns it will it have to be the NBA championship uh but when you look at what they do uh, too another big that likes to bang run into people uh gets a little bit heated when when people bump into him Steven Adams doesn't do that so now the Grizzlies are trying to figure out how can we irritate cat how can we get cat riled up my guess is it's going to be the double team they're going to try to find a way to double team and frustrate cat force him into charges running into that second guy not knowing he's coming you have to come help late and when they come help late carl has to realize beasley is probably open um vanderbilt's probably open underneath like whoever they bring you got to find that open man and i think that's the wave they can ride ride carl anthony towns until they say all right we're not letting you do this 
But what that also does with Beasley and Carlin D. Towns now, it gives Ann Edwards freedom. Like, he can go out there and just play his game. He said he's ready for big moments. He's ready for the spotlight. He's been the same guy. They just didn't talk about him because he was in Minnesota. Because in basketball, they're considered a small market. And so you're not getting a ton of every – I mean, the Knicks got more conversation on ESPN than the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the Knicks are god-awful. But the Knicks, they talked about the Knicks, Julius Randle over and over again, like they were going to do something. This is not Patrick Ewing's Knicks. Why are they on TV? Why are we constantly having to watch bad basketball when you have a team like the Timberwolves who, yes, they're a seven seed, but they're exciting. They're, they, they, like I said, I said Wolves in six. I still think they can do it. But that's how you ride this wave. You got to look at those teams that did the same thing. Now the Jazz... The Jazz couldn't pull it off. The Mavericks found a guy. Brunson went off. Young guy to UConn went off. The hefty lefty. James Harden-esque. I mean, he went off. We saw him do it at UConn, though. Had some great games at UConn. And so, and I think UConn, hopefully not UConn and Villanova. I think it's UConn. Might be Villanova, though. I might be getting the two mixed up. I think it's Villanova. UConn and Villanova. It is Villanova. Okay. I think it's Villanova. Villanova, because, yeah, that's when they won the uh, championship. But Villanova and UConn, I mean, men's wise, they feel like the same team. Like, women's, no. UConn is UConn. But in men's basketball, Villanova and UConn remind me of the same <laughs> team. But Brunson, when you watch what he did, I mean, this kid is good. And so now, again, these young stars are rising up. They don't have Luka. So now Brunson's like, all right, I'm going to do it. I, somebody has to do it. Why not? Why not me? And so that's what I see with the Timberwolves doing. You got to ride that wave. You know, you have to continue. Anthony Edwards or Carl Anthony Towns, one of the two, have to go at Ja. You got to go at Ja. Like Carl Anthony Towns and Ant Edwards. You have to go point for point, shot for shot, energy play for energy play with Ja. You got to keep those Grizzly fans sitting on their hands. You got to keep Ja's dad down there looking like Usher. He can't be over there saying, yeah, for those that don't know, it's an Usher song. He's got to be over there just a little bit upset, you know, ready for the handshake hug again and, and the fake we want all the smoke because you don't. If you go down 2-0 after being at home for two games, you got to come to Minnesota, it might be Wolves in four because now that young team doesn't have any memories. They have no memories to build on. I, I, and I, I joke all the time in Lifetime about this. Whenever we're losing a game by four, five, six points and we come back and win the game, you know, always joke around about we're a great team. I don't know these guys. Let's pick up basketball. I, I, I probably just met three of them. But as the day goes on and we play three, four, five games and we're down, we always can draw back to, hey, we know what we got to do to win this game. We've been here. I mean, it's a quick lifetime fitness, an hour and a half, but you can always draw back on that memory. And that's what the, the Grizzlies do not have right now. They go down 2-0. They have no memories of coming back in a series to be the seventh seed. And, and Sam, what are, what are your thoughts on – these Timberwolves riding that wave. Well, you're right in what you said in the open. You can't do it alone. Steph Curry couldn't do it alone last year when he was really the only guy on that Warriors team, and they didn't even get out of the play-in tournament. Um, so the Wolves, I think, have enough high-end scoring where if Memphis decides to shut down Cat, then they got to get a big game from Russell, and they can get a big game from Russell. Russell had gone off against the Grizzlies this year. I think he scored 31 points a game in those four. Um, the the Grizzlies are clearly going to look at what the Clippers did to, to throw Minnesota off in the play-in game and say, well, 
I mean, Cat seems easily the most flusterable of those big scores. I've heard some ana analysis that they might go away from Steven Adams, maybe more with Xavier Tillman, who's maybe a little more agile, able to match Cat, because Adams seems like a pretty good matchup for Cat. He's not going to harass him all that much. Cat's uh, probably a little more athletic. But if Cat is going to get pestered and move that ball around, it's got to be a big Russell game. Russell was the one weak link in uh, game one, two of 11. Um, but he can easily go off, and they're going to need that. And I think Russell is going to have to win him a game or two if they're going to win this series. But this is not 1990s basketball anymore where you're, you're going to score 85, and if one guy scores 30, you can win. No, these games are going to 120. In game one, it was 130. You need multiple guys scoring 20 or more like the Wolves did, um, and they just outgunned Memphis because they had more weapons that were turned on on that day. Um, and I do think the Wolves have the better high-end scoring. So it's got to be a group effort. And if it's not Cat, it's got to be Russell, and it's got to be Beasley hitting those outside shots like you mentioned. Well, yeah, there you have it. I, we both are saying the Wolves, Carl Anthony Towns has to find a way. Carl Anthony Towns, if he gets pestered up top, he can't get frustrated, and that's what they want to do because he's pulling Steven Adams too far away from the basket. He's a big that can play in space. And that's going to be the key for these Timberwolves. But they have to do it as a team. They have to find two to three, three to four even, big-time players to continue to beat these Grizzlies the way they're doing. Well, that'll do it for this segment. Coming up next, Kendall Shell, former Gophers, Hooper, and basketball guru. Stick around. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And now, as promised on the Ron Johnson Show, I'm going to bring in Kendall Shell, former Gophers Hooper from 2011 to 2015. Played with some pretty good players, Trevor Mbakwe, Damian Johnson. You look at the Tubby Smith era. But the one thing about Kendall is he also is around women's basketball. Really good friends with Rachel Banham, trains with uh, Paige Beckers. So he's on both sides of the spectrum, which is kind of cool because we get so lost in the sauce with men's basketball. But I'm going to jump out there early, Kendall. Right off the bat, big-time pickup for Ben Johnson. Dawson Garcia, four-star, top, you know, one of the top players in the state of Minnesota when he came out, 6'11", swing, can shoot, can get aggressive when he needs to. Uh, I think he's getting, as he gotten, has gotten older, he's going to have that dog in him now, realizing that I can impose my will in games. He'll have Jamison Battle to help him. How huge was that to sign Dawson Garcia back to Minnesota? I think it was huge. I mean, he's somebody who, like you said, um, and like we've seen around first McDonald's All-American, you know, since Chris Humphreys, right? So just those accolades alone, you know, show what he is as a player to even be you know, mentioned in that category is huge. Uh, and to even, you know, be able to walk around like that with that confidence, you know, is huge, right? But also, and what I've talked a lot about is like, you know, I don't want too much pressure put on them as well, right? Because it's going to take a collective effort. It's really going to take a collective effort um, of guys, right? There won't just be one program changer. Um, it's going to be a collective effort. But 
Dawson being someone who's so highly ranked and so highly touted, you know, that's something that I would say the Minnesota fans have been complaining about um, the last few years is getting that top in-state talent. And I think that checks that box. But then also, you know, naturally when you do see a guy at that caliber come from home, you know, it's huge for that in-state recruiting, right? Like you need to see guys that you could see yourself being um, get there, right? You know, a lot of times we think that when a guy that's seen as a McDonald's All-American, whether it's a Chet Holmgren, whether it's a Jalen Suggs, whether it's a Tyus Jones, it's almost like the Gophers aren't in the conversation, right? Well, I think this at least moves the needle to make sure we are in the conversation because I think a lot of people know the in-state talent and the high school talent in Minnesota now and coming up is, is phenomenal. Like, it's really phenomenal how much is coming. And so just Ben being able to show everyone that, yeah, I do have those relationships. I can make it happen. It's a lot. It's great. Um, and it's good for recruiting. Uh, from a basketball standpoint, like Dawson's a dog, no pun intended. Like he can hoop, he can go. Like you say, you know, I've been in gym with Dawson a lot um, and he's got game. I think if you bring all of his game together, right, in the right way and make sure he maximizes where he can be, you know, oof, I think the sky's the limit for him, for sure. I think the sky's the limit for the team in general if he can maximize his potential. Right. I think I think that's huge. So I think it's a huge get all around from a recruiting standpoint, from a basketball standpoint. And lastly, the most important thing for him himself, you know, obviously we know like he wanted to get back home for some other reasons before and like being able to play back home and just do that. And, you know, that's the good thing about what's going on with the transfer thing is like that freedom that I think it shouldn't be a problem. I know there's other conversations about the transfer portal. But I'm just happy that the kid can come home, he can be comfortable, and he can play uh, for his state. Yeah, and you look at Destiny Obert. You know, she's coming back as well. She's transferring from Arkansas yeah. She in 2019. She was one of the biggest recruits as well. So both Lindsey yeah. and Ben had a good week. Uh, the transfer portal can taketh, and the transfer portal can giveth. And I think that's right. that's what everybody was saying. You know, everybody was, you know, Lindsey Whalen lost this many recruits. Ben Johnson had, you know, a couple guys, you know, not happy yeah. with the situation and wanting to transfer. But now you added Dawson Garcia, you added Destiny Oberg. How does that help the 2023 class for both of them, women and men? I mean, I think I think it's a lot. I think it's huge. I think for both women and men, um, I think the biggest thing, like for these first couple of years for both Lindsey and Ben is like, the pressure's just, it's its so much, right? It's so high because one, Minnesota sports fans, like, have been through it, right? Like, I always want to start that. I understand that and I acknowledge that. But then also, a lot of them can be very naive with things. You know, they can kind of look past a lot of things and they can also can just be, be hard on the coaches and the players and the athletes here. And so for Ben and Lindsey to both walk in as former Gophers, you know, as Minnesotan through and through, like it's good for the the promotion. But once like it's time to really hoop and to really play, like the target's on their back. And so like for me, that's a lot of the reason, like, you know, I didn't do much, you know, podcasting even this year about the season, right? Because I knew that there was gonna be a lot of pressure on both Ben and Lindsay. And I don't wanna bring this analysis to something that we really don't know yet. Like it takes two or three years, right? To rebuild a program like it takes like developing kids you know that's the that's the only problem that you know i see with a lot of the the college coaching and like the turnover is like 
you know, we want to bring in kids to develop them for four years, but you expect guys and uh, ladies to really like turn these programs around in three to four years, right? And like, it takes time. It, it takes some transfers out. It takes some failure, you know, like there's always a time to get rid of them, but I didn't want to put that unneeded pressure on both Lindsay and Ben. So like for me and looking at them, it's like, over these next two to three years is when we need to start kind of seeing and assessing what they're doing with the program, right? Like how they're performing in the Big Ten is huge. I think that's the most important thing, you know? I think obviously we saw the Gophers, uh, men and women could perform, you know, uh, I guess non-conference, right? But when it comes to the Big Ten, I think now that they've got these, these good gets and they've got this recruiting that's starting to get the ball rolling, right? They have Amaya Battle coming in next year, who's who's a hooper as well, right? When when Paige was over at Hopkins, I remember, you know, we were going to watch those games and we saw Amaya, I think she was a sophomore at the time as the point guard. I'm like, yo, like, she's solid. Like, you can see someone who can play, right? And so I think that's a huge get. I think it's dope to have the Jamison Battle, Amaya Battle thing for the Gophers now, both men's and women's. So I just think all of that is big and huge. and. Um, again, like I said earlier, you know, having these people from Minnesota, I think it, it is important because I do I do think that they really do take pride. They take pride in what they're doing. Now, I don't want to go out here and be like, yeah, let's get a full Minnesota roster. Like, I don't think that's that's the answer either, right? Like, I don't want to I don't want to sacrifice just having Minnesotans just so that you know we we don't have the good talent as well. But I think it is important to have some high level Minnesotan players just because I tell everyone, right, traveling along a lot of places, you know, Minneapolis and Minnesota hoops in general, like it's probably the hottest, most fast growing basketball space, you know, in the country, right? Over the last 10 years specifically, and that's when I've last been here from 2011 uh, to 2022, it's like, yo, from Tyus when I first started to Rashad Bonds, that was a lot of talent. But then we have like the Pages and the Chets and the Jalens and the Zeke Najis. Uh, now we have Trey Holloman going next year. And then we have Amaya Battle coming. Kendall, you talked about pressure for Lindsey Whalen. You talked about pressure for Ben Johnson. But Lindsey's a star Hall of Famer. Ben Johnson, just another light-skinned Chico DeBarge Hooper on the team. Who's under the most pressure of the two of, of getting wins this season or, you know, turning the program around? Oh, man. I mean... When you think about it, like, Lindsay has her name in the rafters, right? So let, let's be clear. Ben, do, ben does have his name in the rafters, so that's a lot. But also, at the end of the day, um, I, maybe I'm biased because I played uh, for the men's basketball program, but I know those fans will be pretty critical, too, you know? So I just feel like it evens out, right? I, th I think at okay. the end of the day, it's about both their pride and passion for the Gophers, and I think they both have that. And I think... Um, they're going to win at that, and no one's going to question that through that entire time. But also, I think that is why he probably had that much pressure on them because everyone's always preached you need someone that cares about, you know, this state and has true pride. Um, so the pressure is going to come from that. Um, but, you know, when it when it comes to just anything, I'm sure Ben can say it too, you know, Lindsey Whalen is a legend, you know, from a basketball standpoint. You know, Ben, ben did get himself some buckets, though. Like he used to, yeah, he was yeah. one of our coaches, right? So like there's a few coaches <laughs> that can get out there and hoop with you. And he's one of the ones that can get out and hoop with you. So you always respect that actually when you're a player.
Well, yeah, well, you heard it from Kendall Shell. A lot going on around the Gophers program. Unfortunately, they didn't get Paige Beckers, but they got girls coming back. They also got Dawson Garcia. I want to thank Kendall for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Up next, we got the day degree. That's three questions, three minutes. Stick around. And now it's time for the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes. Sam, take it away. You brought it up with Kendall Shell. The Gophers signed Dawson Garcia um, off the portal. Goes from Marquette to UNC, now to Minnesota, the former Prior Lake Laker. This is one of the biggest gets in Gophers basketball in recent years. He's one of the highest rated high school players to play for this team since Chris Humphreys. Ron, is, is this the changing of the winds? Is this the start of big in-state talents staying home in Minnesota? Well, I, mean, I look at it like a storm. And, and so there's one thing about a storm. There's good that comes from a storm, and there's bad. Um, the good can be, like Kendall talked about, getting these 2023, 2024, 2025, because it's going to be a two- to three-year rebuild uh, for Ben Johnson. And so I think with this storm, you can grow some crops, you get the water you needed, you get the, the the energy back around the team. It's like they were in a drought, and now all of a sudden they're getting rained on because ESPN, eventually when they pick up this story, they're going to talk about Dawson Garcia and his impact as college basketball gets brought up again as they head towards um, you know, the NBA draft and other things that are going to come up to after the basketball season ends. But the bad from it. When you throw in a guy, you're expecting instant chemistry. You don't have a lot of time to build that. Now, the good thing is he was on the Minnesota AAU circuit like Jamison Battle. Um, you know, so these guys, these other Minnesota kids coming in uh, from uh, Park Center, uh, Osseo, all this other stuff. These other kids around this area know Dawson from years ago when he was at Prior Lake, one of the best players in the state of Minnesota. So I think it is good. But they have to remember the bad that comes with that. The transfer portal, again, we keep bringing it up. It giveth and it taketh. So something is always going to you're, – you're sacrificing something. Um, but the, the good thing is I thought I thought that he should have come after Marquette. I thought he should have been here last year after Marquette. I, I felt like UNC um, – I, I just don't know if I, – I, I didn't think that was the place. You know, I, I didn't think that was going to be the place for him. It didn't feel right. It felt like just a big move, like Theo John going to Duke. I get it. That was that was a good move for him because he went in and became instant, you know, big man that they needed. But again, I could have saw Theo John and Dawson Garcia coming to Minnesota last year and having one of the best backcourts. You put Theo John, Dawson Garcia with Jamison Battle last year, his team is probably, you know, top four in the Big Ten. And I think that's the difference. Uh, you definitely are. And then the guard, you know, who transferred probably doesn't leave Peyton Willis. He probably stays. And so I think that's going to be the key is how can they get Dawson to come in and now get some of these other AAU kids that have been around him, you know, been near him, uh, looked up to him that want to be a part of this team. But I think overall it's going to be a good thing just for go for morale and getting some of these in-state recruits to stay home. Yeah, if you would have asked me a couple of years ago what the, the big man prospect rankings were in Minnesota, I would have gone Chet Holmgren. I would have gone Dawson. I thought Dawson was unbelievable in high school. He's got an outside game, great inside game. He's athletic. He's competitive. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Dawson Garcia. The Twins played their 10th game of the season yesterday. It was Patriots Day in Boston, and the Twins came away with an 8-3 win. So they are 4-6 and six through 10 games. Uh, let's just use 10 games as a benchmark. What have you learned about the Twins through the, the first 10 games of their season? Absolutely nothing. Literally nothing. Maybe that Buxton shouldn't have got hurt. Uh, Correa, we know he's good. 
Uh, we saw some big plays, you know, guys still in plays at first base, you know, making some big diving, you know, diving catches and all that stuff. Um, it, it's, it's, it's weird. Like it, it's like the multiverse and I hate to get too Marvel into this for the people that don't understand the multiverse. It's like, there's different planets of twins. And then all of a sudden, what planet are we watching today? Is this the one with Dr. Strange and the Avengers, or is this the one with Tobey Maguire and, and Venom? Like, what what are we what team are we getting like it's so different you know when you look at a red sox team that everybody assumed the twins are going to roll over and just get rolled ran over um and they come out and put up an eight you know an eight run game so can they sustain that i don't know like i don't know what happened before the game are the red sox just not playing you know big because they thought they were playing you know some people play down to their opponent uh did they assume the timberwolves were a pushover and they walked in um, who knows? I, I think the, the the first 20 for me is a crapshoot. I don't really put anything in a baseball in those first 20. Everybody else likes to, oh, we're leading the division. We're leading the, you know, we're leading the series. We just swept the song. It doesn't matter. Like, get 50 games in. Then let's talk. Then you got a better idea as what the next 100 games are possibly going to look like. Like, let's get to that 50-game mark. Um, what I think we see is a team with potential. Uh, a team that needs to build on it, uh, a team that needs to get into the win column and have a winning record. Four and six at 10 is not good. And if you average that out, you know, if they end up 40 and 60, now you're searching and you're scrambling. Um, they want to, you want to stay in that 50 50 range so that as you start to get some of these wins that, of teams, you know, not pitching their best pitcher, teams that are taking a day off, you can now get further and further into that win column and your win percentage is higher than you're losing. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I learned anything to be honest about the twins in 10 games. It is, it's like, I, I, everybody was ready to trade the team away after Byron Buxton gets hurt. And then they go put up eight runs against the Red Sox. So it, it, it's like the wind. That's what these fans are. That's what I feel like the twins. It's like following the twins is like the wind. You never know which direction is going to go. I would like to see a study on where the Twins rank in players on the injured list over the last few years. Because I feel like every year they go in with this kind of potent lineup, and within a week they've already got two guys on the DL, or the IL I guess now, Alex Kirilov, Byron mm -hmm. Buxton's hurt, Sonny Gray is out of the rotation. It's like this every year. You jump out of the gate and suddenly you've got all these players hurt, and now there are players I've never heard of in the lineup. Uh, Pro Football Network has reported the Vikings are interested in trading down from the 12th pick. What type of return would you want the Vikings to get? If they did trade down, what do you want to get back in that trade? Well, you have to get draft capital for one. Um, you have to get value in that second round, I would say. Like if somebody really wants to jump up to 12, I don't know who's going to be there. If Malik Willis is still up there and somebody wants to go get a quarterback, um, cause it, some people are saying he should go number one or number, you know, top three or four overall. Um, uh, but I don't see that happening. Uh, when you look at the teams that are up there, other, I mean the lions, but I don't think the lions are willing to do that. sounds like the lions are really going to go cornerback. Um, but I, I feel like the lions, if they don't have, I don't know if they have all the faith in Jared Goff or not. So if, if one of those quarterbacks are there that you want, cause now people are even saying Baker Mayfield is better than any other quarterback in this draft. Maybe, maybe. Um, so do you 
Now, you know, as a as a coach that needs that, do you go out and try to get Baker Mayfield and get rid of, not the Vikings, but get rid of that first-round pick? And so where does that push some of these teams? You know, are they trying to jump up and trade for a guy that they can then go out and get Baker Mayfield? I mean, I don't really understand what the Vikings can get, but I do know, for me, it has to be value. Like, you have to get an additional second-round pick for sure. Um, if you're going to give somebody 12, I think they can probably go down to 20. Um, and you can maybe still get a booth junior, or you can still – because uh, it, it sounds like, you know, Sauce and, and Stingley, these guys are going to go higher than we wanted them to in the top 10. Um, and so do you really reach and get a guy at 12, knowing that he'll be there at 20? Uh, but the scary thing about that, though, this is the thing. The NFL draft, you never really know. These GMs are playing a game right now. I love the movie Draft Day because it shows you the inside tricks of coaches and GMs eating breakfast, having pancakes. GM calls GM. Hey, what are you doing? Man, what do you want? Uh, let me, what you what you want for that 12, you know, and now uh, Quasey has to then, you know, put down the cereal or put down the pancakes or whatever he eats. If it's avocado toast and bacon, he's got to put it down and then come up with a quick plan. He already has the plan, but he's going to play it off like he's not that serious about getting rid of 12 so that a team reaches. And if a team gives you what you want, you take it. Um, because again, I, I think there's a lot of corners in this draft that are going to be in the you know late first round, second and third round as well. This is one of the deeper cornerback drafts. Um, if receiver is there that you really secretly want and they're just keeping it under wraps and all of a sudden they go get a receiver and now we really know there's going to be an offensive laden team. Uh, but if they do trade it, you got to get some serious value. Even if it's we want your future, you know, second round pick for next year. I could see that happening. Then that gives them two second rounds next year, if, unless they, you know, decide to trade something else. But yeah, you, you've got to get a second for that 12 and a late first. So because look at Dalvin Cook, look at Brian O'Neill. There's value in that second round. And I think you can add a potential, you know, day one starter, uh, if not, you know, week two or three starter. Yeah, I thought it was really disappointing last year that they traded down and still didn't get a second round pick. Second round is a great sweet spot for this team. It is. Cook, Kendricks, uh, Cleveland's been a good player, Irv Smith as well. All right, bonus question. Uh, the match from Capital One is back on June 1st. We got the quarterbacks against the quarterbacks. It's Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady playing golf against Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Who you got, old guys or young guys? So I've seen Aaron Rodgers play. He can hit the ball. Tom Brady's pretty solid as well. We've seen him play on this. Um, I, I think the young guns, though, I, I think they're going to play carefree. Uh, Pat Mahomes is going to bomb it. Um, I'm, I'm going with the young guys. I do know that's a bad pick. I, I like the underdogs uh, because the veterans, you know, you think about Tom Brady and he's been, he's been on this set before, you know, Aaron Rodgers. It's not easy. Golfing alone is hard enough. Golfing with the world watching, even though these are top quarterbacks and they do this on a daily and, and millions watch them play quarterback, it's a little bit different when you're doing something you're used to and you're comfortable with versus hitting the little white ball, golf ball that can go anywhere at any moment. And once you get the yips, you know, I, we saw Brady had some issues and then Barkley, you know, and, and they made jokes and, and somehow Brady came out of it and, and ended up having a decent day with him and uh, when Peyton Manning played. But it's tough. If you're not used to that and getting yourself out of that hole, but I, I like the young guns. I think, you know, Pat Mahomes, uh, Patrick, sorry, his mom said don't call him Pat. Patrick Mahomes, um, I, I think, you know, it's going to be fun to watch these guys play. Josh Allen, I'm not even sure what kind of golfer Josh Allen. I'm guessing he's good because he's on this show. Uh, we know Pat Mahomes has done the Tahoe deal. Uh, we know Aaron Rodgers has done it, Tom Brady, but 
Josh Allen's the wild card. I'm not really sure. But if they're putting him on there, hopefully it's good. Either it's going to be good golf or good entertainment. Either way, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. I've got Brady and Rodgers. I just love the way Rodgers carried his team with DeChambeau last year. I felt oh, yeah. like he was the yeah. best player in the group. So I'm, I'm going to go with the old guys. Yeah, that's where I was at. I was, I, I get what you were going with that one. DeChambeau, though, yeah, he's he overdid it. But that'll do it for the Ron Johnson Show. I want to thank you guys for joining me today. That's my producer, Sam Ekstrom. Please subscribe on YouTube to the uh, Locked On Sports Minnesota, the Ron Johnson Show. Also, you can subscribe and listen anywhere, wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.